What's up, campers? It's another picturesque day here at Camp One Clap on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast. We've made it to day 21 of camp, and today we're going to have a pleasant counselor campfire chat with South Dakota original oratory state champion, Brianna Woolman. I'm your camp director and host of the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast, Lyle Wiley, and I hope that camp has helped get speech and debate folks fired up for another amazing year of speech and debate action. Quick reminder, check the One Clap socials for today's social media challenge topic. It's been super awesome to see all the engagement from everybody out there. Additionally, the ABCs of debate with Professor Graham and Kevin, which is a labor of love and illness too, from camp counselor Adrian Graham, has a new action-packed episode every day during camp. Let's learn more about today's Counselor Campfire Chat guest, Brianna Woolman. Brianna Woolman is a speech and debate powerhouse acting as a triple threat in the event's original oratory, domestic extemp, and Lincoln-Douglas debate, placing in the top four of all these events at the state tournament. Brianna competes on the South Dakota circuit for Aberdeen Central High School, who has claimed the speech and debate champion title 12 out of 13 years, and she's claimed the original oratory state title this year. Brianna will be a senior this fall with intentions to be her school's first four-year qualifier. All right, let's jump right in for a chat around the campfire with Brianna Woolman. Brianna, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here on the One Clap Speech and Debate podcast here at Camp One Clap. Yeah, excited to be here. Awesome. It's exciting to have you here. Uh, congratulations on an amazing year. Um, congratulations on being original oratory state champion in South Dakota. That's really amazing. Oh, thanks. I, I'm very proud of that. Original oratory is like the best event. Go OO. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Also, congratulations on being the asynchronous Spring Spectacular champion in extemporaneous commentary. Super awesome. Oh, thanks. I love any good async tournament to get in some of those sub events. Absolutely. Well, uh, welcome. Uh, the first question I want to ask you, very important. So here at Camp One Clap, we got a lot of activities. What's your favorite camp activity? Oh, 100% like the music around the campfire with s'mores. I love playing the guitar. So anytime, like when I'm out, I, I was at the camp earlier this summer, actually, and it was really fun bringing out the guitar, playing some tunes, and then enjoying some marshmallows. Sounds lovely. So I find in this activity that most of us are a little bit even proud of our nerdiness. And I'm curious mm -hmm. uh, that where would you consider yourself on the nerd spectrum on a scale of one to 10? How, how nerdy do you think that you are? What would you say? I'd say a solid 6.5. I think it depends on the topic, right? I'm not like huge into science, but you get me started on any like geopolitical issue. I can go for hours like the Chinese debt trap. You start that conversation, it's not going to end <laughs> for a long time. But yeah, right issues. And you can definitely see that too in my domestic extemp ability. I think being a nerd really pays off in this space because you get to take those skills and the things you've learned and apply them in a way that it's more than just nerding out with your friends. It's in a debate round and having real world conversations about the topics that we care about. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to have to be careful about what I bring up on the on the podcast. I guess. <laughs> but cool. Yeah. Before this started, we were talking about LD topics, and I think that you and I could have chatted about that for hours, probably. A hundred percent. Cool. Six point five. All right. That's you know pretty average. <laughs> um, so tell me about how you got involved in speech and debate. Like, what's your speech and debate story? Who, what got you involved, and why'd you stick around? Mm -hmm. So uh, at my school, how the team works is that. 
your freshman year of high school, you have the opportunity to sign up for the debate and democracy class. So you get your speech credit out of the way and your government credit out of the way. And most kids just do the class and end up dropping. But my coach, Mr. Kerry Conda, shout out, he is phenomenal at what he does. Like he has the ability to bring in these kids that are absolutely terrified of speaking in front of a group of people and then turning them into these state champion speakers by the end of their four years. So it was really, really my coach. Um, he knows how to create a fantastic balance of competition, but also respecting people's boundaries for when speech and debate becomes more than an activity, which I'm sure many people can relate to struggling with that boundary. But from after taking the class, I fell in love with the activity. I started off in public forum, but then I found my place in Lincoln Douglas, where I'm so happy to be now. Um, but yeah, my coach and then my school for being great and providing the opportunity to be on the team in the first place. Yeah. It's always good to talk to an LD debater too. That's like, that's my jam. <laughs> Super fun. So what different events have you competed in? Like what, I mean, I'm sure there's been many, so you've already mentioned PF mm -hmm. and LD and I know you did oratory and extemporaneous commentary. <laughs> what else have you done? <laughs> well, um, in South Dakota, we, it's like very cut and dry, the events we offer. Like we don't do policy anymore. So throughout the season in South Dakota that goes from November to March, I compete in domestic extemp, original oratory and Lincoln Douglas. But as you know, we take a lot of the opportunities on Tabroom when they have async tournaments to get in those supplementary, supplementary events. So the, whether that be expository, impromptu, extemp commentary, those are events you will always see me in in a async tournament if they're offered. Because I think they're great. Like they're the word supplementary like explains them perfectly because any opportunity you get to speak. It will help you with your oratory. It'll help you with your extent. It'll help you with your ability to think right on the fly with Lincoln Douglas. So yeah, those are my, those are my main. And then I do some stuff on the side too. Awesome. And uh, I mean, it sounds like you've had a lot of success in a lot of the events that you've competed in, but what do you think is your most successful event or even maybe your favorite? What's the event that, you know, most represents you and then, Maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you think you're successful in that event and how others could be successful too. Yeah, awesome. Great question. So my favorite event is probably the one I do best in, um, original oratory. Since my freshman year, when I start, like, took the debate class, started to understand the different debate events, oratory has just spoken to me in a way that different events haven't. Like LD, I love being able to write a debate case, talk about different topics. DX, like same thing, learning about different things in the domestic arena. But original oratory just gives the speaker, the competitor, so much freedom to truly talk about any problem, whether they see it on the local level, on the state level, or on the national level, even the international level, to take that platform and speak on it in a respectable way to inform your audience. Um, throughout the years, I've talked about uh, very different things. Um, my freshman year, my oratory was about Band-Aid solutions. So we're quick to find the quick solution. My sophomore year, it was about uh, the logical fallacy of whataboutism. So very prevalent in our domestic politics. We'll see one problem and then someone will try to shift the topic by saying, what about this? 
And this year, my oratory that I love so near and dear, it's so hard to go and write a new one because I love it so much, is about how as a society, we are reactive instead of proactive to problems. So you mentioned why I think I find success in this event. And I think it's because um, I, well, first of all, I love public speaking. So getting up in front of a room and being able to tell my stories about a problem, fantastic. But also because I think I'm good at being able to tell both sides of a story, right? So with some issues, in my opinion, at least, they're, they're good and they're bad. There's no in between. But for oratory topics, a good oratory topic, you need to be able to play the devil's advocate and explain why that position is maybe not the best to take. And being able to implement those stories to make the people in your audience resonate with your topic is a skill that I feel like I'm pretty good at. And, and speaking, I, I feel like I'm, I'm very expressive if, I know you watch my oratory, but if anybody on the podcast wants to watch the link, I think I'm good with my eyebrows. So <laughs> very expressive with like presentation, like what you're saying matters, but how you're saying it and how you look when you're saying it, it's like putting icing on a cake perfects the picture. Yeah. You can really feel the, the passion that you have for the topic that you're speaking about. Your, your emotions come through really well in your speech. Definitely will oh, share that out you. so that people can check it out. It's it's a great one. And also very apt. I mean, like uh, the whole time I'm kind of nodding like, yeah, that's I'm a lot like your dad. So I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> reference to my oratory. You got to watch it to know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, do you have some some like ideas for folks aside from, you know, making sure that that you find a topic that you're passionate about? It sounds like that's pretty important. And then find a way to be expressive in your presentation. Do you have any ideas for like how folks can maybe take their oratories to the next level? Mm -hmm. um, something that I've done and I feel like it's very, like you said, brought me to the next level is I've gone back in the archives, whether that be on the national speech and debate website or on YouTube and rewatching national speeches. Like, don't get me wrong. There is 100% a difference between copying the people that have come before you and taking up, different things that they're doing, but it's, they, they're on the stage for a reason, right? They're fantastic speakers because of the little things that they do, right? Whether that be with specific hand gestures or way that they phrase things or how they're saying it with their voice and inflection, it's, it's picking up on what does well and what maybe you can work on with yourselves. So one of my, my absolute favorite oratory is it was from 2019, the champion, um, I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's about how as a society, we try to find the simplest solution and his like speaking style and the way he phrases things and everything. It's so perfect. I would 100% go watch it on YouTube. It's the first one that shows up when you watch original oratory and seeing what you like in a speech and being able to bring it out into your own presentation. 100% one of my favorite things too. So get out there, watch different speeches because it's very difficult to get good at an event when you don't know what other people are doing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, models are so important, like finding models mm -hmm. that speak to you and that you can use to push yourself. I think those are, that's some great advice. So you said the 2019 champ. Um, yes. I'll make sure. Simply put, I believe that's what it's Simply called. Put, I'll make sure that I link to that speech too in the, the blog post so people can check it out. Awesome. 
Is there anything else you want to add about oratory before we move on? Um, I just want to kind of echo again. If you are not passionate about your topic, you will not do well with it. I remember this year, a week before my first competition, I had a different topic. And my coach was like, yeah, this is a fantastic topic. You can do so well with it. But it just it just didn't sit with me. And if you don't absolutely 100% love the topic that you're writing this 10-minute speech about, you're not going to be able to keep it memorized. You're not going to be able to keep the passion when you're doing a tournament that has eight different rounds and you have to give it so many times and you're in March already. So make sure you love what you're doing. Cause if you don't love your topic, then you shouldn't be giving the speech. Yeah. I mean, it's great advice. And I think it's a good advice for coaches too, to remember that mm -hmm. just because we think that a topic is going to do well, it's important to make sure to give students autonomy to choose things that are important to them so that they can keep that level of passion and excitement for their speech and work on it all year. It's really important to be able to do that. So yeah, a hundred percent good stuff. Well, Hey, what, what about speech and debate in general? Like, what do you think is the best part of speech and debate for you? What has been like the, you know, the stuff that just excites you and keeps you going? The community and the platform that it gives for young voices to speak up. Uh, too frequently, like especially, it's gotten better, obviously, over the years, like many other problems, but youth voices are shut down. And to me, that's so ridiculous because every single problem that we see getting worse every year, whether that be climate change, gun violence, all these different things, they're left to the younger generations to find a solution to, to deal with. And every time you shut a young person out of the conversation, you're pushing away a person that will find the solutions inevitably. So it creates that platform for people to be able to use their voice and to listen. Um, I think that's one of the other great things. Uh, if you're not like double entered in a speech event, when you have to sit down through the hour long oratory round and listen to everything everybody says, sometimes you might be tired and a little bored, but listen, because they put those words in that speech for a reason. They're not just getting up there and saying things because they can. They're saying it because it's important. And every single time you don't listen to the people, your competitors in a round, you're missing out on hearing a fantastic lesson about something you can teach yourself and bring back to the people around you. So there's, there's two lessons here. Use that platform to do amazing things, but also remember that you can create the change and be the change that you see in rounds because of the platform speech and debate gives you. I couldn't agree more. Well, is there anything like you would want to add about your experience with the speech and debate community at all? I mean, is it a chance for you to say anything you want about speech and debate <laughs> could be positive or oh. a problem or anything at all. Awesome. Well, like it's a problem that I see prevalent, whether that be on the national circuit or in local ones like Wyoming and South Dakota um, there's still a huge problem with like misogyny seeping into our rounds, whether that be with male competitors, like speaking down to female competitors or male judges on comments. Um, we just need to remember that speech and debate is supposed to be a platform for people to be able to express themselves. And every single time we leave a poorly worded comment on someone's ballot or speak down to our competitor in a way that tries to make them seem dumb and around, we don't make speech and debate the inclusive, amazing group that it's supposed to be. And we harm the educational properties that are supposed to come out of the event. 
So being a competitor is nice. And don't get me wrong, a little a little assassin round, it sometimes it makes it fun, but you have to be respectful, especially to your competitors when you say things might make them uncomfortable. It's supposed to be fun, so make it fun. I think that's a reminder that we can all never hear too much. Uh, it's something that has been, we've been trying to explore on this podcast. And I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, like we'll all just keep trying to do our part to help make that go away as much as possible. Those kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, a pretty important question that I like to close out with. And there's, you know, like there's some strategy here. Like it's okay. fusion debate tournaments are, they're, they're very like, they're, they can be grueling and difficult uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, food is important. You got to figure out how you're going to get, you know, some food. Uh, mm-hmm. What do I do? What do you do for your go-to speech and debate snack? Like, what is it like? Do you, do you oh. think like compact or is it, is it decadent or what do you got? What's your snack? So I like during the debate, during the day, like especially for debate days, I like cannot eat before round. I got a terrible anxiety, but what I end up doing actually is bringing like a gigantic one gallon jug of water to each of my rounds. Um, it's honestly probably one of the things that I'm known for will be in the middle of cross sex and I'll pick up my gallon jug. Oh my gosh. But I'm, so I can stay hydrated, but um, I, a lot of gum and nerd gummy clusters. Oh my gosh. Those things are so good. So it's probably not the best thing you want to hear. That's something definitely I can improve on this year, making sure I'm actually eating throughout the day. But at least I'm hydrated. <laughs> you bring a gallon jug of water to your rounds? It's like, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, oh, you see me walking from round to round. I got my laptop in one hand and my jug in the other. <laughs> hey, hydrate or dehydrate. Like, hydration is a big deal. That's good. So you're telling me your snack is water and gummy clusters. <laughs> That's hey, yep. gummy clusters. Those are those are pretty tasty. That's one of Lobby's favorites. So yeah, it's a it's a good choice. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been really lovely to talk to you today, Brianna. I, I really appreciate you coming on here, and congratulations again on your season. And yeah, you're a senior this year, so we've got another year of competitive stuff in front of you. Is there anything that at all that you'd like to to add? Speech and debate is awesome. But remember, if you're not taking time to take care of yourself within the season, you are not going to be able to perform your best. So take breaks when you need them. Set those boundaries because you deserve it. There you go. That's that's my ending note. Absolutely. So important too, right? Like uh, self-care is more than something you just say. It's something we have to make sure we do. So. And especially in this community, I feel like there's so much pressure to win every round or get the one in every round. And and that's simply not realistic. We're human beings, not robots. When we create that expectation, we're only setting ourselves up for psychological failure. Lovely. I think that's a great piece of advice to go out on. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And yeah, maybe I could have you on again sometime. That'd be really cool. No, I'd love that. This has been great. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much to Brianna Woolman for joining us here at Camp One Clap for a Counselor Campfire Chat, and good luck to her in her upcoming senior season. What's new at camp tomorrow? Well, Camp One Clap Quiz Clash with Counselor Londi Gagnon will be back for round three. Miley Williams from Riverton will face up against Jackson Hole alum Josh Hansen. We'll see who can continue on to the last round next week. 
Also, Counselor Adrian Graham will drop another hot, hot, hot episode of Professor Graham and Kevin's ABCs of Debate. Remember, social media challenges are live for every day of camp this August. Have yourself a fabulous day, campers, but watch out for the trees. They seem like your friend, but they sure can throw some shade. For Camp One Clap, this is Camp Director Wiley signing off. <laughs>